Hello and welcome back to another episode of the CG Business Advisor brought to you by CG Tax Audit and Advisory. If you missed any of our previous episodes, simply follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, etc., or you can go to cgteam.com for more information. Today, we're going to be talking about networking, and here to help us discuss all things networking is Michael Goldberg. Michael has helped financial advisors, brokers, agents, reps, wholesalers, and other sales producers add hundreds of thousands of dollars to their bottom line. His firm, Knockout Networking LLC, is renowned as a speaking and training resource in the financial services industry. Described by his clients as dynamic and motivational, Michael is a master at invigorating and engaging audiences. His knockout style is in your face and high energy. His content is real world and can be applied immediately. Michael speaks at conferences and associations. He runs sales meetings and delivers results-driven programs on networking, referral marketing, and sales presentations. Michael, welcome to the CG Business Advisor. Oh, of course. I'm thrilled to be here, Scott. Well, let's talk about knockout networking. Uh, you know, you got a lot in your face, high energy type of style. And I'm sure knockout has a lot of uh, you know, meaning outside of the networking world. So why is networking like boxing to you? You know, I wish I had a good answer for you, Scott, but I don't. It, uh, <laughs> it it's cool branding, I, I I think for that. But um, you know, I I, I like it. And, and just to put it out there, uh, yes, I'm a speaker, trainer, coach, author. My company is Knockout Networking, uh, but I am a boxer. Like I'm actually a competitive fighter. Like this Saturday, I am slated to be in Atlantic City to actually compete. So this is something that I live and breathe. And in the ring, it's all about making more and better connections. I'll probably more than likely take the round then and ultimately take the fight. But it relates to business in a similar way where, you know, the more and better connections you make, whether you're a speaker, trainer, CPA, financial advisor, whatever you do, you know, it's always going to come down to more and better connections. Is there a right way and a wrong way, though, to approach networking? Well, you know, there's a uh, there's a left jab and a and a right cross, and but there's certainly a wrong and a right way to approach networking for sure. So networking is really very structured communication skills, and it's leveraged to be able to talk about ourselves and our business, but also to be able to listen about other people's business objectives. And I think a missing component for a lot of business owners. Uh, is that networking is all about them and it's not, you know, if, um, you know, we're in this, we're sort of in this generation right now of pronouns, like identifying with the right pronoun. Well, if you want to identify with the right pronoun, when it comes to networking, you would best identify with the pronouns of we and us, as in how can we help one another or how might this benefit us? And I think that's often a missing link is that networking is collaboration. And I think the more and better we're able to collaborate with one another, uh, I think the more effective our networking efforts are going to be. That's a great point because so many people go into the idea of networking. It's like, what can I do for myself? You know, how do I, how does this benefit me as opposed to us and we? So, uh, yeah, you know, I I lead a networking organization. I lead a national networking organization called the Networking Group or TNG. 
And we're a vetted community. So we have communities all over the country. We have close to 90 paid members. And part of our vetting process is to assess where somebody's you know, mindset is with regard to what networking is. And if it's all about the take, they're not a fit for our organization. It's really got to be all about the give. Yep, and absolutely. The more you're willing to give, right? The more you're willing to contribute. And you know, you give, you get. That's just that's just the way it is. So how has networking changed uh, recently? Obviously, with, with COVID, there was a lot of virtual stuff. But uh, as things are opening back up now, we're starting to get back to normalcy. How is this landscape changing? You know, my opinion is I don't think we'll ever get back to normalcy or normalcy is going to look a little bit different because, you know, even and I don't want to get political, but, you know, even as the, you know, uh, you know, COVID starts to be viewed as like the common cold and this and that, there, people are going to forever be sensitive. And I say that because it now means that there's another protocol when we meet people face to face, nose to nose, belly to belly. There's going to be that awkward check-in to see, is it okay to shake hands? Is mm-hmm. it okay to hug? Are we touching you know, gloves? Are we you know, pumping fists? Like, what are we doing? So that's going to be there for a while, I believe. So it's changed that. It's also changed people's willingness. And again, this is, this is going to continue to improve, you know, to go to live networking events, because people are going to always, in the back of their mind, question you know, what that looks like. So I don't think it's ever going to get back to the way that it was. I don't think we're ever going to not see a mass anywhere, but it's, it's definitely changed that. And, and I'll also tell you how, how else I think it's changed is that the online stuff is here to stay. And I think that networking is now much more proactive and intentional than it once was, because now You've got all these LinkedIn trainers and experts that are popping out of the woodwork more so than there ever have been because more people are taking it to Zoom and LinkedIn and you have to make that happen. It's not going to just happen by itself. So Zoom meetings and things that we're doing like that's got to be made to happen. So we're not bumping into as many people as we once were, you know, at let's just say an airport. Or let's just say, you know, at a bar by an airport because we're behind masks and it's it's just added another ripple of, of, of a dynamic that that wasn't there almost two years ago. So in person versus digital, then what's the benefits or downfalls to both? Well, benefit, there's nothing but benefits to both. Uh, uh-huh. I just, you know, I, they're, they're both good. And, and I'll answer your question in a second. I've got like a kind of like a really bad metaphor, Scott. So it's like awful. Like this is probably awful. So like, like we all drive down the street and look at our favorite restaurants, you know, and, 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 you know, many are still there. Some are not right. So some have either been taken over by other companies or other businesses or what have you, but the ones that were good enough or lucky enough to still be in existence, incorporated outdoor dining or to go service. Well, many of these restaurants still, especially in New York city, like have their canopies out or have their tents out. And they realize that now that it's back to indoor seating and all this stuff, depending on where you're at, um, is that we've doubled and tripled our seating. And I think that business owners that realize that the whole online stuff, which has been here, like as long as the the parking lot outside that restaurant was there, uh, you know, the online stuff has been there, but now, you know, smart business owners have now realized that they can double and triple their seating. 
So I think the positives of face-to-face, nose-to-nose, belly-to-belly is now you can hug, right? I I love you, man. Or this is Mm -hmm. what you look like, you know, live and in person. You know, nothing is going to replicate the personal connection, but there's always going to be that hesitation. And then the virtual stuff is always going to be much more efficient, much more convenient, uh, much more cost-effective but it's just a different type of connection. And the meetings online tend to be shorter, but more of them. So there's pros and cons in both. I think as long as we can incorporate both strategies and learn the best practices of how to leverage both strategies, we're going to be good, Scott. Yeah, and, and to me, as, as strange as it might sound, because you might think it's actually the opposite, I feel like online is more formal than in-person. And it might seem like it's the opposite because, hey, I could be sitting here in my pajama pants on and doing a virtual meeting. But when you're doing it online, it's like it's all business. You're you're there for a reason. You're doing this online meeting. Whereas in person, you could be talking to a colleague. You could be at the bar or you could be wherever. And then somebody walks up and says hi to the person and you don't know them. And then they introduce you to them. And then that's how the in-person is done. So I feel like it's more informal when it's in person. And that's to me, a a, a benefit, actually, as opposed to being so formal on online. Yeah, you know, you're right. It it is. It's got a bit more of an informality to it. But it's also um, we're right to business online because usually these meetings are not more than 30 minutes, like an Mm -hmm. hour is a long online meeting. And we've got more of them. So it's like if you're having lunch with a colleague or a client, an hour, hour and a half lunch is not ridiculous. But an hour, hour and a half Zoom meeting, like yeah. I could have had two other meetings, you know, so that's where it is. And you're at your desk and you're more likely to multitask and you're thinking about your next meeting and it's more station to station. So, again, it's not, you know, um, you know, it's not bad or wrong. You know, it's just different. So is it more challenging now to build relationships and to grow your business? You know, if you believe it is, it is. I, I think it's actually easier now because, and I'll use the example of my own networking organization, is that we were a local nec- uh, you know, uh, organization, local to New York, local to Philly. Now we're in six, soon to be nine different cities around the country. And I have CPAs and attorneys and financial advisors doing business nationally with clients that they never would have met before. So it's opened up all of these other opportunities that have not been, and by the way, these people have never met in the same room. They've only met remotely. So you have to see it that way. You have to, you know, I coach uh, financial advisors. That's my niche market with knockout networking is I provide networking services, training, coaching, it's usually financial advisors. And those that struggle with the online stuff, and there are still people that do, you know, don't look at this as being an opportunity to really broaden a horizon. The ones that are more progressive do see that. So how can a business owner maximize their efforts? Well, uh, they have to be more proactive about, um, about reaching out to people. And it can't necessarily be about geography, but the geography, you know, can't be a challenge. And what I mean by that is, so like if a CPA has a niche market and they have a focus on manufacturing and distribution, and I know of a CPA, I'm thinking somebody in particular, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's not a question of the New Jersey or the New York marketplace specific to manufacturing, it's manufacturing. So now all of a sudden you've got probable prospects that could be all over the country. So now it's all about where you need to go, what you need to say, and with whom you need to say it in order to start to create those opportunities. 
And that could be through LinkedIn. That could be people that you already know. And all of a sudden, you can now, you know, garner an introduction to somebody that's in Dallas, Texas, if you're based in New Jersey, and you're thinking that way versus not thinking that way before. Could you uh, just give a couple more examples on some best practices for networking? Well, my my first best practice is that I believe that you should have a target market. I think in almost any business that you're in is that you're almost hamstrung if you don't have a target market. And I define that a target market as um, whom you serve best and therefore wish to serve most. And I like to have it broken down by industry profession, uh, market segment, niche, dynamic demographic, and in some cases, geography. So for example, my niche market is the insurance or financial services industry. And then I can be much more you know, granular about that if I want to, again, getting into wirehouses and general agencies and you know, hedge funds and et cetera. And then as I start to get more specific about that, like the, the names of agencies and perhaps you know, where they're based, then from a networking standpoint, I can figure out where I need to go, what I need to say, and with whom I need to say it. So I would say having a target market is right at the top of a best practice in terms of networking. Michael, this is such great information. Uh, where can our listeners go to reach out to you or to get involved in knockout networking? Well, you can go to knockoutnetworking.com as a starter. Um, I speak at big events. I get brought in by banks and wirehouses, and I run ongoing training programs specific to uh, more prospects, more referrals, more business, and even more recruits. And you got a fight coming up this weekend. We wish you yeah. all the luck and success. Well, you know, in that. That's, well, here's the funny thing, Scott, is that I have a fight coming up, but I'm not going to fight because they can't find an opponent for me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's going to end up being a forfeit because – when you're an old guy like me and you train <laughs> a lot and you've got a lot of experience and you're kind of good in the ring, it's hard to find a matchup. And that's what's happening is I probably won't have a matchup. So I might be at the Showboat Hotel in the audience. Well, I'm sure you'll do some networking there then. <laughs> about it. <laughs> Michael, thanks for the conversation. We'll talk again soon. All right. Very good. I appreciate the time. Thanks, Scott. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the CG Business Advisor brought to you by CG Tax Audit and Advisory. For more information, simply head to cgteam.com. For prior episodes and to make sure you don't miss any of our future ones, be sure to subscribe to the CG Business Advisor on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Until next time, this is the CG Business Advisor.